take a little break. Uh, every second verse, every second verse uh, in our Psalm 23 study. And uh, so Psalm 23 is where we're going to be tonight. We're going to read the whole chapter. And uh, I, like I mentioned earlier before, forgive my voice, guys. I have lost it in the uh, teaching and preaching this week. And uh, I think the lack of water, and that's all on me. And uh, so I pray tonight that it'll be, it'll be fine. Psalm 23, verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father in heaven, we pray tonight that you'd bless the the reading of your word, the preaching of your word this evening. We pray that you would please watch over us, give us guidance, grace, and mercy. Just lead us into the right way, dear Lord. I love you. I thank you, Lord, uh, for the greatest things that you have done for us. We thank you for salvation, the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we forever want to glorify the name of our Lord and Savior, thy Son, in whose name we ask tonight. Amen and amen. <clears throat> so, so far in our study, guys, we have learned uh, much about uh, what the shepherd does for us. We've seen that he is the self-existing eternal one as the Lord. He is also my shepherd. And therefore, as my shepherd, I shall not want, because he maketh me to lie down in green pastures, as well as he leadeth me beside the still waters, and by doing so, he restoreth my soul. So tonight I want to get into the, to part eight, if you will, that he leadeth me in uh, paths of righteousness, the paths of righteousness. And so with all that said, guys, it's quite easy to understand this evening that each one of these aspects of the shepherd is for our benefit, the sheep, okay? Everyone wants the green pastures. Everyone wants the still waters as well as to have no wants in their life. But tonight, I want us to look at how we are to obtain those things. You know, what are the key elements, if you will, of receiving the place of quietness in your life? What is the the key elements to to living beside those still waters? We'd mentioned this uh, in the weeks past, that God is not going to lead you into a place of chaos. Furthermore, I don't believe God is going to lead you in a place of disorder. He's not going to lead you in a place that is not disciplined. He's just not going to. God is not interested in you living your life's ups and downs. He's not interested in us living our life today, uh, making church a convenience, if you will, making the Bible a convenience. I'll pray when I have time or when I need to. God's not doing that. If there's anything keeping you from being disciplined to his word, disciplined to his church, disciplined to his prayers, disciplined to what we're going to talk about in just a moment with living right, that's not God. And so let's just make that crystal clear this evening. There is no gray areas in life. Most things are black and white, okay? <clears throat> that doesn't mean that there's not going to be some things in your life that you don't quite, you're not able to quite put your finger on it. I understand that. That doesn't mean that there's going to be a decision that you're trying to make and you just want a light bulb to go off. Trust me, I would love to see that pie in the sky and that sign here. This is, I would love to see that as well. Sometimes you just got to trust the Word. But when you look at life and the decision that you're going to make through the lens of the Holy Scripture, 
those decisions are much easier and they're clearer, if you understand. And if there's a great amount of confusion, if there's definitely chaos there, God is not involved in that, okay? We want the still waters. Most people want the peace and quietness in their life. What are the key elements in obtaining the plush green pastures in our life? Well, it's in the next verse. It's the path of righteousness. It's living right. Guys, I think we clearly understand as Bible believers <clears throat> that we're not saved by works. Amen? We, we understand that. We also understand that you can't lose your salvation. Amen? We, we understand that. One of the detriments in that biblical truth is human nature. What's human nature? Well, I can't lose my salvation, so I'll just kick back. Yeah. Well, I'm not saved by works, so I'll just, if I want to do this, I'll do this over here. Beloved, if you want the, the green pastures in your life, if you want the still waters in your life, you're going to have to also <clears throat> be willing to be led by him in the path of righteousness, if you understand. We like to equate our life with, well, you know, I'm not a drunkard, I'm not a, a drug addict, I'm not a jailbird, I'm not, I'm not a this, I'm not a that. That's no better than the, the, the Pharisee saying, at least I'm not like that publican. That's just as vile and wicked, you understand. The path of righteousness is really and truly not compared to what you don't do, but more or less along the line of what you are to do and the discipline that it requires. I, I preached and mentioned this, <clears throat> this on Sunday night, <clears throat> on Sunday night uh, down at Calvary. There needs to be some unmovables in your life, period, okay? Some of the things that are absolute, positively unmovables. The Holy Scripture, the local church, doctrine, giving, prayer, Bible, things, those need to be unmovables, okay? Things that you're not moving on. And that's what's included in the path of righteousness, guys. <clears throat> Living right. Too often, men and women think they can live their own life any way they want to and still have the you know, the still waters, still enjoy the still waters in life. So many believers today feel as if they can walk whatever path they want to or whatever they choose to and still be able to lie down in the green pastures. We've spoken about sheep often in this series. Uh, We've spoken about the shepherd as well, but sheep are notorious creatures of habit, notoriously. If left to themselves, they will follow the same trails until those trails become ruts. And that's true, isn't it? We're in a land that has more sheep in it than people. <clears throat> we went running one night up on the hills up behind Traforce in this little challenge that we did. Dark time at night in October or whatever it was. Uh, it was one of those bad ideas is what it was, but nonetheless... And as we were running and getting yelled at by these people, my hips started killing me. And going down the hill, my hip, my, everything started hurting. <laughs> the reason being is I was running on a sheep trail, which eventually became a rut. You understand? You know, I want to run with my feet underneath my hips. 
and their feet are like this. And so therefore they had formed a rut. That's what sheep do. Sheep are notoriously creatures of habit. They will continue to follow the same trails until that trail becomes a rut. Secondly, sheep will continue to graze the same hills until it's turned into a desert wasteland. Sheep, if left alone, will pollute and corrupt their own land just through sheer habit, okay? So one thing is certain, guys. The shepherd, listen very carefully to this tonight. The shepherd must not be absent in the sheep's life. The greatest single safeguard in protective shepherding of the flock is to keep the flock moving. Again, if left alone, they will not move into other nutrient lands and will live in their land until it becomes nutrient desolate. This is what Isaiah said. Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray. He says, we have turned everyone to his own way. There is a comparison to this, uh, into sheep, which sheep are different, guys. I mean, rather, the Lord uses a sheep to compare us rather than livestock, rather than cattle. Sheep are unlike any other animal on the face of the planet. Solomon said this, Solomon said, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Okay, so if if sheep are left to tend for themselves, the end is certain death. They will pollute their own land. They will feed on a field until the forage is no more. They will allow the the land to give way to erosion and other natural, natural elements, which will not sustain the life of animals. Adding to their destruction is a continual laying of waste infecting the ground with parasites and disease, which will eventually die off, but it will leave the sheep to be fed with an invest, infested ground, leading to sickness, leading to the death of the animal. Now, you may be sitting there going, well, none of that sounds nice, and I see sheep all over the place, and you do. But I'm going to tell you this this evening. There's a reason the Lord compared us to sheep and not cattle, to sheep and not horses, to sheep and not the mighty lion or tiger that we would like to think that we are. We're not. We're sheep. And we need a shepherd. And the shepherd must not be absent from our life. The only other way is death. This is what Jesus Christ said, and this is why he said the the shepherd came in John 10, verse and I'm just going to read it to you for time's sake. But John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that, I might ha- that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. So let's, let's think about that verse in relation to our text verse tonight. We're looking... Tonight at verse 3 in Psalm 23, he says, I have come that they, who's they? The sheep might have life, okay? If the sheep are left to themselves, and we've all gone astray, if the sheep are left to themselves, 
We're going to be notoriously habitual in our life. We're going to wear the ground down to where it's a rut, to where we may stumble and fall and get injured. We're going to ruin the land that we're in. It's going to be infested with parasites and with disease and eventually will lead <clears throat> to the dying off of the people if we're left to ourselves. So this is where the shepherd comes in. This is why we need a shepherd. This is why we must never be absent from the shepherd as sheep. Back in our text. I want you to notice the common phrase in our verses. He leadeth me. Now we want the still waters, don't we? Right? We all want the peace and quietness in our life. We want the still waters. Well, the Bible says he leadeth me by the still waters. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters, as well as he leadeth me into the paths of righteousness. What's the key element here? It's the shepherd in our life to give us, number one, the direction we need. Direction. Notice there in verse 3 again. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. It's unlike... Unlike a human shepherd who may or may not be qualified or may be a hireling, the good shepherd cares for the sheep. The hireling or the unqualified shepherd careth not for the sheep. But our shepherd possesses an unconditional love which continues to lead God and direct us on a daily basis. But we have to allow him to do so. The fact is we must accept his leading. We must accept his direction. Remember, he is the good, the great, and the greatest shepherd who wants nothing more than good things for his flock. His protection, his peace, his providence in our life. The shepherd is our direction, therefore we must follow him. Within his direction, I'm going to ask you to turn tonight, we see a price. We see a price. Look to Luke chapter 9 with me. Luke chapter 9, get a little work tonight. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. The Bible says in Luke 9, verse 23, it says, And then uh, he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. <clears throat> Beloved, there are too many believers tonight, too many believers, they don't want to follow the Lord. They don't want to pay the price. They don't want to get disciplined and diligent in their life. They're not willing to forego the the rights to make their own decisions for their own direction. But if you want, again, I'm going to come back to you. If you want the, the still waters in your life, if you want the chaos and the confusion to be removed, if you want to, to lie down in the green pastures, you're going to have to get on his path of righteousness. And you're not going to get on his path of righteousness without his direction. And it comes with a price you got to be willing to pay it. It comes with his possession. Look in John chapter 10 with me. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. John chapter 10 tonight, verse 27. <clears throat> his possession. My sheep. I mean, we could just stop right there, couldn't we? My sheep. Hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
I understand the idea of, of backsliding. We've gone four weeks over the prodigal son. That prodigal son never ceased to be the son of that father. I understand that, okay? But I will tell you this, the purchased possession of whom we are to the Lord Jesus Christ, he is our shepherd, we are his sheep, we are owned by him, and therefore we are to operate under his guidance, his teaching, his direction. If you refuse to do that, and you or people simply will not allow the direction of the shepherd in their life to lead them in the path of righteousness, uh, beloved, I'm just going to go ahead and say this, and it may sting a little bit, that may be an indicator that you're not his, that you're not hearing his voice. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus said. I know them, he says, and they know me. If your life is continually being up and down and in disarray and, and, and no peace, you, you might want to double check that decision you may have made years ago, whether you did or not. So there's a possession that we need to understand. There's a price to be paid. <clears throat> there's a position to be had in this direction. Look in John 12. Probably just over one page there. John 12. There's a position to be had. John 12, verse 26. And if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. There's an old hymn that says, where he leads me, I will follow. I will go with him, with him all the way. That's his direction. If you want the still waters, if you want the green pastures, okay, you're going to have to get on the path of righteousness, but you're going to have to let him lead you. That's all. That's just the bottom line is. <clears throat> you say, well, preacher, what's the, what's, the, what's the benefit or what's the earmark of that direction? Go back to our text tonight, if you will. Go back to our Psalm 23. <clears throat> In his direction, when the shepherd, when you allow the shepherd to lead you in the paths of righteousness, you know what you're going to find? And again, I understand it doesn't save you, but you're going to find decency, which means good manners, morality, and righteousness. The paths of righteousness. <clears throat> if you're living an unrighteous life, you're not on the path of righteousness. If you're living an undisciplined life, you're not on the path of righteousness. If you're living an unconvicted life, you're not on the path of righteousness. And you're not going to get the still waters. You're not going to have the green pastures. You may have a happy time in your life for, I don't know, a few years. But it's not going to be the peace that passeth all understanding. It's not going to be there. Herein we find the key to living right for Christ. Where are the green pastures located? On the path of righteousness. <clears throat> Where are the still waters located? On the path of righteousness. But we have to remember the shepherd wants to bless us. This is the thing. <clears throat> I tried to instill this in my children. I remember I talked to David, talked to Arias, talked to Daniel. I've said the same things. I've, I've said the same things to Bailey. That the direction that we give is solely 100% for their benefit. It, that's it. I don't know. There is not a father or a mother on the planet who loves their children 
that would give them bad advice that's going to hurt them. You understand? If you give your children selfish advice for your own personal gain and it hurts them, you're wicked. You're just wrong. You're selfish and you're thinking about yourself. That's it. You're just selfish and wicked. But with the advice and direction that we gave our children to the best of our ability um, was for their benefit. What they did or do with it, that's up to them. That's out of my hands. Okay? I'm saying all that to say this, guys. We have to understand that us as fleshly human beings, <clears throat> and as much love as we have for our family and for each other, it doesn't even, it's not even a, a milli-drop of the love that the shepherd has for us. You understand he wants to bless you. He wants to bless me. His desires is for us to have no wants. His desire is for us to lie down in green pastures. His desire is for us to be led by still waters. But it takes us to live decently for him. Paul said, let all things be done decently and in order. An ordered life living for the shepherd. An ordered life living for the shepherd, not up and down. Not having movables in your life. When the shepherd leads you in the paths of righteousness, your life is going to be in order. It is. It's going to be in balance. <clears throat> it's going to be delightful, I'll say. Psalm 37, 2 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. It's going to be delightful. When the Lord is leading you in the paths of righteousness, and you're allowing him to lead you, and the still waters are coming your way, and the green pastures are coming your way, and you're staying. You're going to have a balanced life that is delightful for, to you, and he delighteth in his way. It's going to be a life that is disciplined. Psalm 50, verse 23. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of God. Ordereth. You know, guys, there's times when you don't feel like doing what you should do, okay? I'm not saying there's times that you want to go out and act a fool and live like a hellion and run around with a bunch of wicked, vile sinners who are on their way to... That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just do the right thing. There's times when you don't feel like giving. You don't feel like going to church. You don't feel like reading your Bible. You don't feel like praying. Do it anyway. That's just a decent thing to do, man. Just do right. That's, that's called Discipline. And you're never going to get anywhere in your physical life, your mental life, your emotional life, and especially your spiritual life. If you don't get discipline and allow the shepherd to lead you in the way that he should. I'm going to tell you this. Balance life, when the shepherd leads you in the path of righteousness, it's not only delightful, it's not only discipline, <clears throat> but it's dominated. And this is where we, we take a step back. I don't want to be dominated. Psalm 119, 133 says, Order my steps in thy word, and let not my iniquity have dominion over me. Guys, can I say this to you tonight? Something or someone's going to have dominion over you the entire time that you're in this world, whether you like it or not. I'm my own man. No, you're not. I'm my own woman. No, you're not. You're dominated by someone or something every day of your life. The choices of who you're going to allow to dominate you. The shepherd, the good and great and wonderful shepherd, or Satan. 
There is no middle ground. Well, I'll dominate my life. That's working the flesh. That's working Satan, the God of this world. Choice is yours, man. What path do you want to be on? Do you want the still waters? Do you want the green pastures? Get on the path of righteousness. It's got to be decent. It'll be delightful. You'll love the life you have. <clears throat> It'll be disciplined. You'll get up when you're supposed to. You'll do the right things. But you're going to be dominated by the one who loves you. Who loves you. Lastly, beloved. When he leadeth me in the path of righteousness, it's for my deliverance. Look in Psalm 5 with me real quick before we close. Psalm 5. It's for my deliverance. Psalm 5. Psalm 5 and verse 8, the Bible says, Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before me. You know what I love about that when, when the psalmist makes that statement? He says, Don't lead me in my way. Lead me in thy way. Why? Because mine enemies are over here. Mine enemies are going to, they're coming at me. Lord, lead me in thy way, thy paths of righteousness, where the green pastures are, where the still waters are. Lead me in that way because you're going to deliver me from mine enemies. Living for Christ is the key, guys. Beloved, we must always keep in mind the paths of righteousness are the key to obtaining from the shepherd what he wants to give. Our betterment, our benefit, our boldness. The Bible tells us to come boldly under the throne of God. You can't do that unless you're saved and born again. And you can't do that, guys, if your life is living in sin. You can't do it, amen. You go home and treat your wife like a dog. Don't you think you're going to pray real quick? God's going to hear you. Peter says that your prayers be not hindered, amen. You want to be a big man praying? Treat your wife like the queen that she is. Deliverance. We've got to understand, guys, that our shepherd only wants what's good for us. Leading us to his blessing. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 8, verse 20 says, I lean in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will feel their treasures. I tell you guys, if you want to bless life tonight, if you want to live the life and re- reap the reward and have the past, have the, uh, the still waters and the green pastures and all the things that the shepherd wants to give you, you're going to have to get on the path of righteousness. You know, the end of the Psalm 23 says, my cup runneth over. We have it put back on the, the coffee station. My cup runneth over. You ever thought about that verse, how my cup runneth over? You know, <clears throat> the Lord is capable, willing, and desiring to do more than we could ever imagine. But we hit hiccups in our life. We face challenges. We have ups and we have, have downs. And nine times out of ten, our ups and downs in our life is a result of a lack of discipline in our life. Lack of allowing the good shepherd to lead us in the path of righteousness. Allowing him. You may be sitting there tonight and you're saying, well, he's a sovereign God. He can do anything he wants to. He can do anything. And you better be glad he can. Amen? 
Sometimes you better be glad that he doesn't. Amen. He could turn you into a frog right now if he wanted to. The only thing he can't do is step outside the bounds of his book, of his own word. Can't lie. So I'm saying all that to make this point here this evening. The Lord has given us a free will. He has saved our soul. He's not going to force salvation on anyone, nor is he going to force blessings on anyone. Reap what you sow. So, beloved, tonight, if you want to reap those still waters, I don't know about you, but I, I like the still waters. I do. You know, I, my family believes I, I feed off stress, and I, I agree when there's a side of me that does. But I'll tell you what, man. <clears throat> they ain't nothing like that still waters. We run a busy schedule. We run seven days a week, and I understand that. That's the way we operate. I'm not saying it's the best way to do it. But I am telling you, I like the peace that will come into our life. I thought about this just a moment ago, and then I'm going to close. Talking about living a decent life. Talking about living a life for the Lord Jesus Christ. Living a right life. I've I've made a comment in times past that if there was one fragment of this Holy Spirit, I don't don't understand how people who call themselves Christians can't believe in the purity of the Word of God. They metaphoricalize everything in here. And everything's a metaphor. And they leave it up to your own private interpretation, which is anti-scriptural, or even up to your own opinion to decide which way to go. That's terrible. Jeremiah said, our heart is desperate. It's deceitfully wicked. Amen. Who can know it? Heart's terrible. But nevertheless, you know what? If, if, If at the end of the day, even though, even though, there was no blessings, no rewards on the other side. I still would want to live a Christian life. You know, I like waking up in the morning knowing what I did the day before. I like waking up in the morning and not having to go apologize to people. I like walking into a place and people are actually happy to see you there. I like being kind to people. I like to joke and cut up with people, especially her. Love it. Love joking with Denise. Picking on her. There's something about the Christian life, guys, outside of salvation, that completely covers, that dominates any other type of lifestyle. Christian life is joyful. It's difficult, guys. It's difficult to pastor in a culture where people, they don't even think about God. And I'm talking about it a lot of times, saved people. Let's just call it a spade a spade tonight. It's difficult to try to plant churches and witness to people who could care less about their life. or the life. It's difficult to do that. But I'll tell you one thing, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth living a Christian life and serving him whether you ever see any fruit on this side of glory. It's worth the life because it's worth the still waters. It's worth the green pastures. 
It's worth the Christian joy. And for that matter, guys, it's worth the peace of knowing that if I died right here tonight, the next thing I'm going to see is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I have that, I have that comfort tonight because of what the Good Shepherd has told me. The same Good Shepherd that told me that no man plucketh them out of my hands is the same Good Shepherd that will allow you and I to have no want. The same Good Shepherd that if I let him will lead me in the path of righteousness. The same Good Shepherd that makes me to lie down in green pastures and the same Good Shepherd that leadeth me beside still waters. That's the choice you have tonight. So you could take all the blessings of eternal salvation and you can choose to live a life of sin and reap all the repercussions. Choose to live a, live a life that's undisciplined with no unmovables. Don't become a fixture and you're going to reap the, you're going to reap the repercussions of that. Or you can choose to get on those paths and say, Lord, you lead me where you want to lead me. Because I know wherever you're leading me, on the other side is green pasture somewhere. That's this life, guys. There's still waters. That's this life. You're not going to lead me into chaos. You're not going to lead me into dry grounds and <coughs> rocks and sand spurs. I'm convinced that when <coughs> God said that thorns and thistles Grew up out of Garden of Eden. I think they were sand spurs in the state of Florida. Those are the most vicious things in the world. God's not going to do that. And I'm thankful for that tonight. So, beloved, it's your choice. Whether you're going to let him lead you in the path of righteousness and reap the benefits of that peace, those still waters, and those green pastures. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and time to be together this evening. I pray that you take your word and be a blessing unto our hearts and lives tonight. Uh, Lord, touch your people's hearts and minds. Bless them, dear God, in a wonderful and tremendous way. Allow us to take this spiritual food tonight. Lord, write it upon our heart, Lord. And I pray that it will give us the needed strength to carry on in the upcoming days, weeks, months, and years. In Jesus Christ's name we ask. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I do hope and pray the sermon you just heard was a tender blessing to your heart and to your soul. I hope that it gives you the encouragement, edification, to face the challenges that we see each and every day and week throughout our life. I'd like to invite you out to one of our live services here at Saren Chapel in Abraman. We are located on Lewis Street as well as Davis Street. Davis Street is the entrance to our chapel and as well as Lewis Street is the entrance to our hall and you can use either one of them. But secondly today, guys, I would like to share just a brief message to you now to ask you to where you are going in eternity. If today was the last day you were alive, if today, by some tragedy, this was the last moment you had on this earth, when you closed your eyes, would you wake up and see Jesus Christ? It is a simple question, guys, and it is even a more simple answer. The Bible tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, paid the ultimate price for mankind. He gave us the free pass to eternal life by giving his life on the cross of Calvary, being buried into that grave, but rising again on the third day. It is simple as this. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
You see, guys, while we were sinners, the Lord Jesus Christ loves us so much that he gave his life. As a matter of fact, Romans 5, 8 tells us, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sin is defined as the transgression of God's law. But what happened was the payment with, for mankind is death. Romans 6.23 clearly tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So I ask you today, what would, what would stop you right here, right now, for bowing your head and saying a prayer much like this, Lord Jesus Christ, I trust in you. Jesus Christ, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that you stepped up out of the grave to give us victory over sin and victory over death. I invite you into my heart and ask forgiveness of my sins and ask you to lead God and direct me throughout the rest of my life. Now, here's the thing. You say that prayer in your own words, but you have to say it and believe in it. Remember, Romans 10, 9 says, And believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is a promise from the word of God. That is a promise from God himself. That is the promise from the creator of all things, that if you'll believe on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, ask forgiveness of your sins, accept his free gift and pardon of sin into your heart today, that you will be born again, that you will have eternal life in heaven. Guys, I hope and pray this is a blessing to you today. I hope and pray that you'd make that decision. And if you have, if you've made that decision today, let us rejoice with you. Come by and see us here at the church or hit us up online at any of the social media outlets or through email or however you can. Just share with us the glorious transformation that you just received in your life. Guys, I hope to see you soon in the house of God. Hope to see you soon right here in Sharon Chapel. And may the Lord be with each and every one of you. God bless.